the only shooting stick with one-handed trigger pull adjustments, has a new way to keep you at the top of your game. The Trigger Stick Apex, built for sturdy support that adapts to unforgiving terrain with easy adjustments to make your big shots. With our Durasteady three-piece carbon leg design and interchangeable rock-solid clamp, nothing tops the Apex. The Trigger Stick Apex, only from Primo's. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that will draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth brings you quality hunting clothing and packs at a price you deserve. Huntworth is built for the Midwest whitetail hunter. None of this athletic fit type stuff. Uh, This is built for uh, sitting all day in the tree stand, cold weather. Uh, They've got a bunch of different options, uh, some lighter weight stuff for uh, early season, but this is built for Midwestern whitetail season. That's their bread and butter. And really happy with the stuff that I've been using. I use some during the late season. Um, I've been out shed hunting. Um, and it, the temperature swings that I've been out in is like it was in the teens this weekend. And when we were in Ohio, it was 75. And uh, just kind of putting everything that we've got through its courses. And I've been very impressed with everything that we've got happy to be working with them check them out at huntworthgear.com we're also working with spartan forge again uh go to spartan forge their instagram facebook page uh bill just did an announcement on the upcoming update uh there's going to be a couple of different updates but as i've been saying they're coming with some incredible imagery uh but they're going to rework the pins and some other things so if you're using it right now Um, expect some changes here in the near future and they're asking for feedback that's one of the things i like with working with companies like huntworth and spartan forge is that they're constantly asking for feedback from the hunters they want to make the best product out there for you Um, and spartan forge is artificial intelligence for the deer woods it's using a military algorithm to track deer movements based on past data and more and more Data points are being built in there every day. They're getting more maps, building everything better. It's a great product. You can check them out at SpartanForge.ai. A uh, couple of things real quick. This week, I couldn't couldn't have come at a better time. So 
this is where I always give a shout out to the Patreons, tell you what's going on uh, with our Patreon giveaway. But ironically, uh, our latest Patreon is a past podcast guest, Billy Phillips. And as much as I love Billy, you know, I told him, you know, you don't got to support us. But I support a couple other shows through Patreon because I believe in supporting people that you know, I believe in. So the best way for me to, to show them that I want to see them succeed is to support them directly uh, and things like Patreon. So that's what Billy did for us. However, uh, this podcast with Full Draw Assassins, um, if you listen to the end, there is an awesome Easter egg there for you brought to you by uh, Mr. William Phillips himself and I won't get into it anymore I'll let you listen to the episode but you will be glad that you listen to the end and when the video comes up for this podcast you're going to want to go online and watch that video just so you can see the faces of the full draw assassins that we've got on this uh, but thank you so much Billy for <laughs> supporting the show through Patreon uh, Patreon is crowdfunding for creators it allows us to do uh, stuff like go to the ATA show. It allows us to do the video, uh, to do all the hosting, to do everything that we've got. The equipment that I'm recording on right now uh, is brought to you by, uh, you know, Patreon donations and, and all that. And we do everything that we can to give back through our partners like Huntworth. Huntworth is giving away um, a full uh, turkey uh, clothing kit. Uh, with the Durham pants that I had talked about on the last uh, podcast. Uh, super impressed with those lightweight pants with reinforced knees and seat. Um, the Elkins jacket, uh, they're giving away one of their hoodies, a set of gloves and a hat. So uh, a really awesome setup uh, for you guys to one of the Patreons. And then we're giving away a bear Montana longbow. I've been shooting my longbow basically every day. Just having such a blast with it, shooting 10 yards inside. And uh, I want to pass that along. Everybody kind of talks about, jokes about, like, going trad, stick bow type stuff. And um, it's one of the things that came up in the Patreon group that people would like to try. So we're going to be giving away one of those. Selway Archery and Chris Perino uh, just gave us uh, uh, one of their four arrow quivers that slides on with the bear logo on it. And then Bear Archery gave us... A plethora of accessories to go along with it, um, and we built a set of arrows just for the bow. So it's going to be everything uh, for you to start, uh, even just messing around with uh, traditional archery. So really excited to give that away. Spartan Forge gives away one of their pro packages. So um, everything, you know, one year subscription to Spartan Forge. Um, the Zinger Fletching guys reached back out to us and said, hey, do you want to give away some more Zingers? So um, they're coming out with a six-vein. It's I don't know. If, I guess it's a vein. Um, but uh, a six-fletch Zinger uh, to help stabilize some of the turkey heads, like the the Magnus and the Tim Wells Slockmaster heads. Um, so they're giving away uh, your choice of whichever of the Zingers will fit your arrows. Lucky Buck, so we're working with Lucky Buck as well. I've got some of that up in our property in the UP. Very excited about that. And if you can't use uh, mineral in your area, um, they also have uh, their perfect perennial uh, food plot seed, and they're giving away one of those um, to you guys. Uh, just really appreciate everything. And I, I may even be missing something that we've got to give away, but 
that's what we try and give back as much as we can to the Patreons because we really do appreciate um, all the support and it really helps us. So you can check that out at um, patreon.com forward slash Bowhunter Chronicles podcast or you can just go to our Instagram, click on the link and uh, go and sign up. You know, 33 cents a day, you know, gas prices are going up, all that stuff. So, you know, if you can't support, don't want to support, you just say, just get on with it. We don't care about your spiel. Uh, That's fine. Certainly, we appreciate every single person that listens to the show. And uh, this one, like I said, you're going to want to listen uh, all the way nearing the end. And uh, you're going to get some some bonus content that you're really going to appreciate there. So uh, with uh, no further ado, thanks for listening. Enjoy the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. Got John in studio before his next saltwater adventure takes place so he's how long are you going to be gone two weeks two weeks going after the same fish same area same everything same everything hopefully you get another wahoo or two but (laughs) they're still in so we'll uh we'll definitely be targeting those so while we're we're sitting here talking we'll be talking about turkey hunting and shed hunting and bow hunting john's mind is in a warmer <laughs> place he's he's got fifteen hundred dollar reels and no i wish i had the, i wish i had the fifteen hundred dollar reels but <laughs> two, we, two speed <laughs> yeah we did get some we did pick up a couple two speed reels and some bigger rods that can handle the i mean the the baits that we're using are 220 millimeter millimeters so and they weigh nine ounces they'll dive to 50 feet so the the other reels were having a hard time i pretty much had to crank them the drag all the way down as tight as it would go and they'd still creep but like i said he's speaking greek his mind is going to be elsewhere but tonight we're talking with uh some fellas that we met down at the uh the ata show we happened to both be in the uh the latitudes booth and uh i see their stuff posted all the time and I'm like, who the hell are these these guys? The the full draw assassins, like content, 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 content. It's like, god dang, they these guys post like ten a times a day, like every day. Like, what the hell is going on? And um, so, well, I'll I'll get into it. I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. So, uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. So yeah, who's who's who? I'm Derek, Derek Braves. I started Full Draw Assassins in uh, 2019, and then I brought Kyle on here. And you're? Yeah, I'm Kyle. Derek introduced me. (laughs) And so you guys have, like, a really crazy, like, startup, you know. So it's like everybody wants to have a a hunting show. Everybody's like, oh, I'm going to get into the industry. Like, this is the way that we're going to do it. And – for you, Derek, like it took like a different sort of thing. Like it was like almost like what you didn't want to do, right? Yeah, we're di- we're. It never was about being in the industry or anything. Like even when I was met you guys at ATA, like I couldn't believe I was even there. Like that, <laughs> like I was just like, this is not what this was supposed to be at all. <laughs> when it started, it was just a couple of years, uh, twenty eighteen. Um, I was just bow hunting with a buddy of mine back in Southeast PA, which is right outside of Philadelphia. So it's even like worse than like the typical PA um, 
state with the mountains and stuff. It's like flat, but it's just rich. It's just a hard area to hunt. You can't really do much with it. And I wasn't shooting big deer and uh, we had fun with it. So we're like, but I wanted to film. I always, always had an interest in filming hunts just for my own personal benefit. You know, my grandfather took me hunting and uh, he stopped hunting, you know, he just got, you know, I call him lazy. He says he's sick, but that's bullshit. He can get out there. <laughs> but um, so I just wanted to film and he can hunt through me, you know, watch my hunts. Like, hey, look at this doe I shot and stuff. So me and my buddy, we just got a shitty camera to start filming and stuff. And then I kind of start as it was progressing, I, I really started to enjoy it. Like, like it more than it started to get equal to hunting, just like the actual seeing it and doing it in the woods and then bringing it home, put it on the computer and seeing the hunt again was just so cool to me. You know, I grew up watching hunting shows like everyone did. You know, if they didn't, they're lying. They watched hunting shows, you know, in some, some shape or form. And um, I knew I could never um, replicate what I was watching as like a kid. You know, I didn't ha- I didn't come from a family of means where I had – 600 acre farms and you know i didn't have family members who were willing to travel to other states they like shooting basket racks six pointers every year and that was the trophy which was what i grew up doing what i i i love that um so i wanted to kind of was like hey i was like we got something you know let's let's start filming and we'll start an instagram or social media account because none of our friends back where we're from hunt at all so I post a picture of a deer on my personal page. I get bashed for it. And I was just like, all right, screw this. Let's start a page where we can put our hunting stuff on. And we did. And we just started having fun with it, taking pictures, you know, like, you know, we drink beer, we have fun. And, and I just seen a, I know there's a lot of guys that do that by all means, but we just, we wanted to be ourselves all the time. Just like kind of break that narrative of you don't, you don't need to come from, you know, money or you don't need to come from a farmer's daughter. Like you, you can, you can go hunting, not shoot deer and still be hunters. Like it's not about killing a deer. It's about having fun, especially killing big deer. You know, I biggest deer I have on my wall is 124 inches. And that's like my pride and joy. And then um, it started to get a little more like serious when I, I started to fell in love with photography. And then that's how me and Kyle started talking. He's from Indiana. I'm from Southeast PA. I've never been to Indiana. I don't know if he's ever even been to the East coast that far. And we just started talking on Instagram. He took some really good pictures and he was always like, you know, drinking a bush light, having a good time. And it kind of fit our personality, loved to hunt. And um, he was just really good with the camera. And my buddy who started with me, he's my best friend since I was a kid. He really, he hunted. And when I started to take it more seriously, the filming, he kind of like, it was a little overwhelming for him because I started to get a little more into it than he wanted to get into it. So he kind of just like backed off from it. So I really wanted to bring someone I've been talking to on to help me out. You know, like it's hard to run it by yourself when you can only afford to hunt one state. You know, if I hunt one state, I get one episode a year of deer and that that's not good enough for me. So I brought Kyle, I asked Kyle, I said, Hey dude, would there be any way you'd want to like join with me and like be a part of full draw assassins with us and hunt and everything. You just send me your footage or do any edits you want to do. doesn't matter. We'll just see where this goes. And, He'll tell you if you ask him. He was a little hesitant. He thought I was like just using him for his pictures and stuff. And I was like, no, like that's not what this is, dude. I don't really care where this goes. I just, it's hard doing it by myself. And I, I take pride in the content that I put out at the time. And it was hard doing it by myself. It was, you know, like he's talking about a tripod before the podcast started, you know, set a tripod off, putting a timer on, trying to pull back just right to get a good picture. You know, it sucked. <laughs> so, so that's Ky- how it started. So, so Kyle, is that about like, your recollection of it 
Oh uh, yeah, he he asked me. He'd like my pictures. I'd like his. He'd comment on some of my stuff. I'd comment back, and he asked me about it. And I was like, uh, I don't know, because I've had people message me before, and uh, I don't know, maybe a month or two down the road, he asked me again, and so I got a tree arm and started filming. That was just last year that I started filming my deer hunts, and I shot a big buck, sent him the footage, and. Then the rest is history. Came out with an awesome episode. Never met him. Threw it together super well. Told an awesome story. And I was like, all right, let's run it. I'm on. And I don't know. We haven't really looked back since then. And we've just kept the ball rolling. And so, like, that happens, Derek. Like, where – I guess where does it go from there? Because, like, again, for me, when I'm, like – you know doing my research or whatever like looking at people's stuff like web shows and you guys are on carbon correct yeah so like web shows like we've got friends that do redneck rising right mm-hmm. and you go yeah. on their their youtube and it's like 200 views or like 150 so views and then he's like well you know we get like 250,000 impressions from, and it's like, wait a minute, what? Like how, so how does all of that like come about? Cause in my, like, and I, w- I would guess like for the listener, you would think like, if you look at somebody's stuff on YouTube and they've got like 50 views, you're like, you know, they don't have a following or you're, you're not, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're just not there yet. They're up and comers or, or whatever. Like our Turkey video. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, but that's the thing is like, it's, it's not true sometimes, but it's, I, I think it's like all of like the perception of like how people find you. Like if you put, if we get just as many views on YouTube for a, this podcast, people watching it, but nobody's watching our hunts. Is it because we don't know what we're doing? It's just maybe not what we're known for, or that's not the place that they go to find that content and it's like if if we only get 50 views on a a podcast does that mean that those are the only listens that we got to the podcast it's not an actual representation of like what, what's happening so like how do you you get with kyle and like his stuff was just so good you're like shit we need a tv show like you know what i mean like how does it what's the next no, step he he wasn't filming when i first met him yeah he never filmed a hunt so it was just strictly turkey hunt. I just thought, he filmed some turkey, but I've never seen him. You know, I you are on my YouTube. You know. Well, there you go. It's to the point. Videos, it he doesn't watch video. my videos. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Derek. Sorry, right, dude. But yeah, I felt like when I seen your picture on the thumbnail, it looked like child porn, and I didn't want to get in trouble <laughs> by clicking on it. So oh, I, I didn't even watch it. So I was I wasn't gonna really. I didn't want to go there you know because they were on the working class bow hunter and they actually flew down or drove down to like hang out with those guys and recorded in real life and now we got to do this over zoom or whatever but kyle got roasted on that podcast because he's kind of small and he looks like he's 13 <laughs> yeah i think they were curious to what i was doing there i'm like i was the one that drove i picked everybody up <laughs> That was the first time that I met Kyle in person, that podcast. <laughs> and how so long had you been was, doing this, working together? Like, When was it? It was January. Uh, uh, it was 
six it months. Was a little before November, before I killed my deer, right? The podcast was in late January. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The podcast was like early February. Yeah. I think I had a memory pop up. So let's see. What would it have been? 2020? Yeah. It would have been like, yeah. I don't know. I'd say October of 2020, just before I shot my deer and then ended up throwing it all together and then we went on the podcast shortly after in February and that was awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but you, you, okay. So you bring Kyle on and you're, you're, he's starting to film. Like you guys are getting your man crush chemistry going. Like your video's awesome. No, your video's awesome. And then like, how, how do you go from, where do you go from there? <laughs> well, my, my, uh, my buddy who originally started was still involved. Like he was still hunting with me and filming. But I kind of just told him, I said, hey, just do what you want to do. Like, I'm not going to pressure you to like, like you don't have, like, I just, I knew he, he's not into it. He just, he just hunted, you know, he wasn't really, he wasn't even that big of a hunter, to be honest with you. But um, he's still my best friend, but he, um, he was still involved. He was on the podcast too, Kenny, he was there. Um, then we just, I'm trying to think of a timeline. And then um, we went into this year and this was probably March. Um, well, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. Last October, um, I came out to Ohio out of state hunt from PA. Um, I was able, I hunted 15 straight days. My last day I was able to arrow probably the biggest deer I've ever seen while hunting just from where I'm from. And, um, the bad circumstances couldn't find the deer. Um, I thought it was a good shot. Uh, it was a little high. Uh, deer came in at eight yards on a dime after I hung a hang and bang set and um, it was on private property. I hung an XOP set, got the camera arm hooked up and this deer just ran out of the thicket eight yards in front of me. Like I was, I just, I could hear the quad of Kenny getting dropped off in his tree stand. Still like we just got set up. So I was just reaction, you know, and, I've learned since then. I never used to practice shooting eight yards from a tree stand. Like I just never did that. I'll admit that I never did that. So I mean, I shot a little high, but I had a complete pass through. I was shooting two inch um, expandable broadheads. I felt comfortable with the shot. Um, it was going to start pouring rain that night, so I was like, "Hey, I'd rather let him sit, but I really want to get on this deer early if it's going to pour rain." The neighboring properties um, talking to the landowner. He's not the nicest guy with tracking deer, so I really wanted to try to. Get on this deer. I felt confident with blood for the first 50 yards that I think this deer was dead. We tracked this deer. Um, we did bump him uh, where he was bedded. There was blood everywhere. So we went to get something to eat. Um, this is like 10 o'clock at night. I was like, all right, let's go back. It's pouring down rain. We're not going to, it's, it's a monsoon. I'm not going to find this blood trail if I wait till the next morning. So I'm like, we just have to do it. If I, I, I it sucks, but I have to do it. I can't get a dog at this point. Um, because it's all thick. We've been through there because I was so confident the deer was dead. We went till probably two o'clock in the morning, blood, blood, blood for 400, 500, 600, 700 yards. And then um, blood just stopped. And that just de uh, just depleted me. And I, I, I cried. I'll admit that. And then um, I said, never again. I said, I'm packing up. I'm moving seven hours to Ohio and I'm going to have this feeling again, but I'm going to have a deer in my truck. So I moved to Ohio that next year. I bought a house with my wife. Well, we got married here in Ohio. And then 
fast forward, we moved here in January. Come March, uh, getting ready for turkey season, um, this is how we got the two other guys on our team. Um, I messaged um, – they had a little group of themselves that they had, and I messaged them, and I said, I said, hey, I'm new to Ohio. I see you guys are shooting some big deer. Do you, do you guys hunt public or private? I just see if – you don't have to tell me where you're hunting. Just, you know, any any advice, point me in some right directions. Just, you know, hunters being hunters. And he's like, he's like, well, he's like, well, we've got turkey season coming up. He's like, you really like your stuff. You want to come turkey hunting with us? And I said, oh, I'd be cool. You know, I was just getting into turkey hunting. I mean, I have turkey hunted. I just never took it full force before. But these guys are, I can just tell by looking at them, but what they, the content they had, they were really into turkey hunting. So I said, oh, that'd be cool. So I went up there in March, um, northeast Ohio, just to go um, scout some birds with them way before the season started. And it was him and Tyler, Colton Tyler, and we just spent the whole day together, never met each other, went out to breakfast and we just clicked as like, like on a friendship level, like, um, and then we went into getting ready for turkey season. They're like, Hey, listen, we want to get you your first Ohio bird. Um, come out, come up here, open today. You can hunt with us. And I was like, all right, sweet. Um, we went out there, we hunted for a couple of weeks and then just of us hunting and growing a bond together. I told Kyle, I said, Hey man, I really like these guys. I mean, they're really good. They're really good with the camera. They got a lot of good footage from past years. They shoot giant deer. They shoot a lot of birds. They're really good guys. But they just like, I don't want to say they lacked. They just had all this footage, but they didn't know what to like really what to do with it. They didn't have like, like they didn't know how to like edit as good as what we were doing. And I just said, hey, listen, I'm throwing throwing this out at you. But if you guys want to come to Full Draw Assassins with me and Kyle, I mean, we're we're practically best friends now. We see each other every weekend all spring. The invite's open. I, I, you guys can still do what you're doing with your thing. Just hunt with us, hang out with us. And um, they were like, hell yeah, full force. And and now it's been a it's been a, just a train going. All four of us are just all really good buddies. We're in group chats. We talk daily. We hang out. We make sure we are all four of us are together at least a couple times a year. They're at, we're all going to be together this weekend actually at the Indiana Turkey Expo. Um, we got a booth there, so that's gonna be cool. All four of us together, but yeah, since bringing them on, it's just been it's just been awesome. You know, all four guys from different backgrounds, different upbringings. I'm from PA, he's from Indiana. Those two boys are from Ohio. It's just different thought processes going into one, and it just really makes for a unique type of I don't want to say show, but just a unique type of uh, content that we bring. You know, we all do things differently, so we can relate to more people. I can relate to guys from you know, PA, um, guys from states are not shooting 170 inch deer every year, you know, in their home state and guys who have to like grind it out to get that 130 inch trophy, you know, guys can relate to me with that. And the guys who have beautiful properties that can shoot 150 inch deer can relate to Colton and Tyler, you know, cause that's what they grew up doing. And Kyle, he'll tell you, he hunts like eight acre parcels where he shoots his big, people can relate to him. And it's just, it's really good to be able to relate to people. And when I started full draw assassins, like it was when it started to take legs, I really wanted to just promote people that like anyone can pick up a camera and film if they want to do it. And you're not strapped to where you are. I mean, if you are financially, I, that's one thing, but I don't like, there's no excuse for you to not get up and get out of your comfort zone. Like I moved to Ohio. It, I mean, there's circumstances where you can't obviously, but 
I don't want to hear that you can't you can't do something. You know, if you want to go to a different state and hunt big deer, go do it. If you want to pick up a camera and film, do it. Just don't try to look up to people. Look, you can look up to people have idols and stuff, but don't try to replicate what other people are doing. Kind of find your own niche, and the people that relate to you and want to watch your stuff will watch it. And the people who don't don't. And that's just that's just how it is. How did it end up into a show? Uh, well, we were just posting on YouTube um, for a little while. And then, like you said, we weren't getting traction, you know, and and, it, and you can watch a video of a guy filming, shooting a doe with his cell phone. It gets 50,000 views. And then I edit this great video. We got great equipment and it gets like 200 views. And I don't know, you know, it's just an algorithm thing. And then um, I talked to a buddy of mine, Paul Lauer from Sons of Fall. Um, TV show. He's back. He's from where I'm from, back in PA. And he was on Amazon and a couple other streaming apps. And he was saying the same thing. He was just saying, he said, our our numbers are pretty high on these, these streaming apps, like, you know, Mossy Go, those type of things, Carbon TV. And um, we had a bunch of turkey footage from last year. We had about four turkey, four or five turkey episodes last year. Um, and then going into this deer season, we had four or five deer episodes and I really wanted to put it somewhere other than just YouTube to try to kind of experiment with viewership to see and spread us out. And we put it on carbon and reached out to them. They liked our content and they agreed to put, run our show. And, um, it's been good. It's, it's been awesome. You know, we tried to do a little, we try to do it once a week. We did once a week episodes all year, which was, you know, tough when you have a job, you know, you shoot a deer or, one of those guys shoot deer. I got to edit the footage and get it on there that week. And that was kind of what we, we wanted to kind of keep people involved. People who follow us on social media, seeing that, Hey, we're out on our rotation on there, see that we shot a deer and then be able to watch that, that footage three days later, fully edited, fully ready to go on that streaming app. And all our episodes are on YouTube as well. But this carbon was just really cool. Cause it's, they give us a lot of freedom and the people who are on there, you know, are, are diehard hunters who have that app, you know, you have to be to have something like that to watch hunting shows. And we felt like we were getting to the audience. We really, from the beginning wanted to get to. And so Kyle, you're sitting there underneath a set of Turkey wings and all that. I've like, again, if you listen to the, uh, the, uh, working class bow hunter episode, like th- that seems like it was like more of your passion, right? Like the, the Turkey stuff is like, where like what got you into filming a little bit uh so i don't know i i went turkey hunting for the first time you know sophomore year of high school or middle school but sophomore year of high school killed my first bird with my buddy and that was the first time i actually got to like hear a bird gobble up close in person see one up close strutting you know doing its dance and then i shot him it was Jake with like a three inch beard, almost a Tom. And I was hooked. I mean, I, I was sitting against a tree still and he was up there picking up the bird and he's looking around. He's like, what are you doing? And I, I was just froze. I was like, Oh my God. Like, I, I don't even know what I was thinking. I was shook. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and after that, I slowly got into taking pictures with my iPhone. And, uh, once I got into college freshman year, I got my first camera and the first thing I did was start chasing turkeys around. And that is my absolute favorite thing to do is chase them around with a camera. Love hunting them, but seems like you see a lot more action before season comes in. 
And usually, you know, I'll spend the whole weekend. I'll wake up early, fix some coffee, go out, sit in a spot, owl hoot. I don't call to the birds before season. So I'll kind of just get as close as I can without bumping them and then just set up on them. And I don't know, something about turkeys, just gorgeous animals. And that's kind of how I ended up loving turkeys, I guess. So it's like a, it's like the aesthetic part of it more than like the, the calling and like, like that, that side of it. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a super like, religious person like i'm faithful but i don't know i guess i feel closer to god during turkey it's it's hard to explain like i just like i enjoy going out by myself and then sitting sitting down there with a camera sipping on coffee against a tree and just to hear a bird gobble kind of just goes right through you and then to see them you know all fanned up just gorgeous feathers and I don't know. That's, that's really why I guess I just love hearing them gobble and just how they look and just the feeling it gives me inside overall. So like what, where are you from? Like, like specifically? Yeah, well, cause one thing that I, I can't like understand, like I like turkey hunting and I think it's like super cool and calling turkeys and like the whole, like the, the dance, like, calling them and like when you're talking about like that portion of it when you're like call them you saw like all that stuff like my mind automatically goes to like elk hunting because elk hunting is like turkey hunting on steroids because of the calling and answering back and all that sort of stuff but one thing that i don't understand from like diehard like turkey hunters or you know whatever is like there's people down south that like don't give two shits about deer hunting or anything it's like it's like that's like like fifth fiddle to turkey hunting like it's all all turkey but that seems to be like a a a southern thing wouldn't you say well i think i mean i'm not sure what the bird population is in in indiana it it seems to be a little lower than it was it's it's gotten pretty rough the past few years if i'm being honest it has been tough to kill bird down here in southeastern indiana where i'm at you know you may get lucky and get on a bird but like where I killed this one, uh, farther up north, uh, southern Michigan. Uh, I mean, you're basically buying that thing at the grocery store. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like I'm like, wow. If I lived up here, you know, I'd probably get a lot more content. And the birds, just, I mean, they just, you know, I I could yelp horribly on a mouth call, and you're you're gonna have three or four of those dudes come running in. And it's just like, oh my god. Like no wonder these dudes are killing so many birds up here. Yeah, so like my like my history with turkey hunting, I mean, was with my uncle Frank, and when we first started, this is back in you know the eighties. Uh, we the only birds were like an hour north of us, hour and a half north of us, and you know it'd be like you had to put in for a draw, you had to draw the tag, and it was like every other year if you were lucky, and we'd go up, and it was you know, I mean, I was what. 12 14 years old and that was a blast and then it got to the point where now now you walk outside i was just i'm doing a job not far from our house and i'm standing there and i look out the window and there's a flock of birds literally walking five feet away from the house and they're going up to the feeders and it's like there are turkeys everywhere they're already i we posted a video i was heading to work the one morning and they're already, the toms are already strutting in the middle of the road and yeah. gobbling. I'm like, what? 
I sent it to Adam. I'm like, it's a little early for this, isn't it? Like, it's freaking, it's still January at that point. But yeah, yeah our buddy Colt on our team, he's he's a big turkey hunter too. He's killed he's killed eleven times in four years. The guy Colt on our team, he's 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 pretty good at turkey hunting. He take he shoots big deer, but he he says it all the time. We'll take a big tom over a booner. He's uh, maybe not a booner, but he loves turkey hunting. We're actually going to me and him. We're going to South Dakota this year for the black out the Black Hills. We're gonna go turkey hunting out there. I'll be filming him, um, Maine. I know he goes to Michigan, uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio. Turkey's going to be – turkey, it's, it's a little easier to travel for turkey hunting than deer hunting, in my opinion. I mean, to be successful because you don't have to – deer hunting, you know, you got to go in there. you got to spend some days, some scouting and stuff. If you're going to a place that far away, like South Dakota, you know, I can't just go there on a weekend to scout it. You know, so turkey hunting, we're taking advantage of turkey season to travel a little bit more. Because you could go there, you just all 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 you have to do is hear the bird, and then you can game on. You know. Now, are you guys are you guys hunting with guns or bows? We hunt with guns. I mean, I hunt with shotguns. Uh, Colt, how do you draw uh, he's those? Shoot like his Ohio bird with a bow. <laughs> the, 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 what's what's full draw on a shotgun? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's all about the assassin. All about the assassin. <laughs> well, turkey season, we actually have a different name. We call it Spursuit, S-P-U-R-S-U-I-T. Okay. So it's Full Draw Assassins presents Spursuit for that reasoning. But no, dude, I just love shotgun. Shooting a turkey with a shotgun's fun. <laughs> I mean, it is fun. I mean, this like this year I was going to shoot an Ohio bird with a bow because um, you used to be able to get two birds in Ohio, but this year it's one. So now, you know, I'm, I'm obviously going to use my shotgun. If, if that was still the law this year, I would – do one with a shotgun and then try to get my second bird with the bow for sure. Oh, and I'm just giving you shit because it's something that we deal with. I mean, I shot a fuck an elk with the rifle this year. John's like, ah, pff, whatever. I'm like, <laughs> hey, man, I I toted my oh, bow around for, for four days. Last day, I said, all right. I took a borrowed gun and went. And you tried. <laughs> I killed a, uh, an elk. So it was like. Then you shot. I get two. I shot at two deer with a rifle and missed <laughs> like twice this year. I heard you talk. I listened to you guys. You had uh, Eric on from OK yeah. Hunter, right? Yeah, yeah you were told that story. Yeah, yeah. It's just like <laughs> whatever. But you know, when you uh, like, it's like a bold move, right? Like uh, we're the Bowhunter Chronicles. Like they don't want to hear your fish stories, John. Right. They don't want to. <laughs> I'm the angler it's archer. Like, it's like <laughs> it, yeah. So Bowhunter Chronicles presents angler archer. I like. I like it. But like, yeah. so for me, I didn't grow up turkey hunting or anything like that. I, yeah. I killed my first turkey with uh, Ernie, who was on the podcast, and then I've killed birds myself and called them in and all shot that. Decoys. I shot a decoy. I shot a bearded hen. I, I didn't even know bearded How heads were a thing. Decoy? What's that? How big was the decoy? Oh, it was a, it was a power Jake. It was oh, damn. deflated. Oh. Yeah, it was a freaking Avian X, like a hundred and thirty dollar oh. decoy that's got like. Oh heck yeah, yeah! I shot some silos <laughs> this year during goose season, so I'm right up there with you. Yeah, so this one has got like shoe goo on the side of it. It's got hot glue. It still leaks. We tried to nope. fill it up with uh, uh, the green <laughs> with the green slime, slime for your tires. Like we tried everything, and this thing won't. It won't stay in the blade. shred head. It, <laughs> yeah, it put them down. And the that that you the video is on YouTube, but like the turkey run off with my arrow and the head stayed in the decoy. The turkey <laughs> flew away with my arrow through its wing. Yeah, 
And so, but all that to say, like in that in that time frame, at five like, yards since since we've started. Oh Jesus, yeah. In Those this close shots are hard, dude. <laughs> yeah, eight yards. See, but in Should've this use your sixty yard pin <laughs> in this in this time frame <laughs> that we've been doing this. I'm the only one who hasn't killed a, a turkey with my bow. And I've taken the most shots, and I've had the most opportunities. Like I've, I've. It's like all right, Adam, I've, come I've, on. What I've missed. Well, so four or five times. So and I've. He's missed all these birds with his compound, and then this last spring, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna do it with my longbow. I was like, what? Really? <laughs> well, I think it was Jason Red. He said, "Well, if you can miss them with a the compound, you can miss them with the longbow too." <laughs> like, like, what's the big deal? I mean, why not? Right? But I, we say that like John says that like, "Oh yeah, you big fucking idiot," right? <laughs> but in reality, that was like the most fun hunt. Like, yeah, we at, had a freaking- like we're laughing and like cutting up, and it's like if that was a deer or if that was like. It would have been like the end of the world. Like the the video that we got from that hunt, like because we had like like I missed that turkey with like seven cameras running. Like there, we had like all these one hell of a miss right there. Oh, we had all these tacticams set up like all around, so I just hit the button and they all turned on. Well, like back where you can't see it from our main camera, but it's like this power line. The sun's coming up. And there's like a string. Of, we how many time, How many male birds did we see that day? I can't remember now. It was like almost a dozen. It was like there. ten or eleven wow. birds. But there's like three, four, five jakes. Some in the middle of this power line, like looking back at our decoys, gobbling with the sun coming up. And I'm like, you hit the call, and it all together. Like it was just so cool. And then we had them like where like I dropped my phone and I hit the coffee cup and they tinked off but like john if the if the blind window would have been open he could have just reached out and grabbed him like what i missed this that turkey that i missed was closer than like we are to the tv right now (laughs) like it's just like ridiculous but it's so much fun and but all of those birds all of all 12 of them all the 900 that i missed and all the things they would all be dead with a shotgun (laughs) and it's like it's it's not that it's like harder, you know. We we're trying to make it harder. It's I'm it, just having a lot more fun say, doing it. Brought it this the way. fun back to it. Yeah, because it it uh, isn't maybe like to Kyle's point. Like there are so many birds around here that to kill one with the shotgun. I, mean, I don't know. I would say that about deer too, but I fucking missed two of them. So <laughs> maybe it's maybe I need to bust the shotgun back out. But in reality, it, the birds are there. So it's like, and we only get one bird. So it's over, you know, sometimes it can be over before the sun even comes up, you know, whatever it's legal, they fly down and you kill them. And like, that's what, like the year Ernie and I, we were first up, Ernie, I mean, he tagged out, what, half hour after daylight with his bow. And then that night. Which yeah, that open, afternoon, opening that, day. Yeah. Then I got my bird. Yeah. And so that it was it, you know, so I don't know. Like I'm, I'm still chasing them with my bow. I think the main reason that we use shotguns, like I, I don't really, I haven't hunted with Kyle in Indiana. I hunted with him in Ohio down here. Is we run and gun a lot for birds. Like they're not like we can't just set up in a blind. I mean, Tyler shot one out of a blind this year. That's because he had COVID and no one else was allowed to hunt with him. 
and he got lucky and shot his bird. But other than that, we're running and gunning hard. So like it's 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 hard with a bow. Oh. Like what we the stuff that we kind of get into running around. It's I'm not making excuses. I like shooting a turkey with a shotgun. That's the main reason. But it it would be a lot more challenging. And I we look at turkey season as it's fun. You know, deer season can get stressful, and you know your pattern deer. You're having encounters. It's turkey hunting. Like you said, you could joke around, have a good time. You know, and it's just shoot a bird, you shoot a bird. You know, that's what it. But I don't know. I'll probably sh- go out with my boat eventually. But until I get more birds under my belt, like in general, I'm just going to keep using a shotgun. Yeah, like the the year that I shot the decoy, I missed one later that day. And we were running and gunning, like just me up against a tree. John's looking for his glove. You know, it's just everything that it was just such a fun, like thing just traipsing around and we're all like laid up like the and we hunted with my brother and we were all like laying like in the prone <laughs> like <laughs> fucking, uh i don't know like turkey hunting i think to your point there, like even about going out of state like where it's not as stressful like you it, it would be very difficult at least for me and especially if i was going out west where i was going to hunt a different species of bird or something like that to be like well it's got to be an eight, at least an eight inch beard. Otherwise, I mean, <laughs> if his spurs aren't over an inch, like forget about it. You know, like there's no way. Like yeah, Tom's that, a Tom. But I don't think that happens. Like with with turkey hunters. Like when you go out of state, you're like, all right, it's got to be Pope and Young. You know, like for turkeys, it's not. You're not saying, okay, well, this Shoot is my criteria. <laughs> like, you're like maybe, maybe yeah. it's just got to be full fan. Like, I don't care what his beard looks like or, you know, whatever. So I don't know. Have you been out there out West or have you guys traveled to do that before? Uh, Colt, Colt goes to Florida. He went Turkey on to Florida. I mean, Kyle, Kyle, you went to Oklahoma last year, right? Yeah. Like two years ago. It, it was, it was a rough trip. Yeah. It was when COVID started and, all these states were closing and Oklahoma's like, Hey, why don't you come hunt here? And we're like, okay. And it was the last week of season. I think we drove all the way across the state over in the panhandle. Uh, like didn't see a bird in the whole state, seen three birds while we were driving in the whole state. We were there a week, never heard a gobble, seen some hens. And I mean, we bounced all over the state. We were over like by Texas and the panhandle. And then we drove all the way across to like by Missouri or whatever. And I mean, we were all over and the birds were just done there. So we, we kind of got rubbed a little wrong by Oklahoma, but I don't know, hoping to maybe go out West once this season, if I get the time. So yeah, Oklahoma, I, I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> Not for the end of the season anyway. Right. But yeah. My buddy's like, you got to find water. And I'm like, dude, I, I, I know, but there's like no birds here. They're not gobbling and you can't find them. <laughs> Makes them impossible to kill. And were you not seeing tracks or anything? Just like there's just like no, no turkey sign at all. Walk, nothing. Uh I had I had some hens come in a few times, called some hens in, had some come past me. Uh three toms in the whole state. One was eating out of like a grain bin or something that the horses or whatever were eating out of. Uh, then we drove like two hours northeast of there. And I think we seen two, 
two strutters in a field at fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish it's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home it's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next adventure on fishing booker some like refuge type deal you couldn't hunt them where they were at and those were all the toms we seen in the whole state and we were there a week and we were like on the move every day trying to find something but like never heard a gobble they just the birds were pretty well done i don't know how the toms hid so well because i mean you've seen some hens here and there they weren't super heavy but like it, it was just the craziest thing it was pretty humbling you know to go out and out of state and hunt like that i was like it's like wow i hope it's not always like this when you go out of state <laughs> What part of Oklahoma were you in? Because I went to basic. I never. I went to basic training in Oklahoma, and there's there's uh, no trees where I was, I was at all. Like, I think we hunted like black kettle or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was in the panhandle or next to it. Uh, I don't know. I I looked up you know hashtag on Instagram black kettle, and I seen people killed turkeys like two weeks before. Uh, the week before there was a huge poaching incident. People killed like nine birds. They were from like louisiana or mississippi or something indiana <laughs> no no like, screw like so there were birds there but like when we went it was just like it i mean it was felt like i think about 100 degrees every day it was getting hot like the birds were just like done yeah we get like, that with our birds here too i mean i just don't know where they hide like that you don't even you know jump a bird trying to move through the woods <laughs> yeah i think more of ours they just Ours get call shy, I think, and, and that's because it, it's not that they're not there. Like, you can see them, but they just – they don't respond or they just turn the other way from the call. They're like, yeah, like, I heard yeah, that. Yeah, I've been dealing with that for two months, buddy. Like, later. <laughs> I've seen three of my buddies get shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, like, from, like, what is your, like, history with, like – turkey hunting then Derek because you said you it sounds like you've just started like in the last decade or so yeah last three years I mean we weren't like you said about the name it was only gonna be a deer hunting bow hunting thing until Kyle came on and I was like all right this dude turkey hunts a lot so I (laughs) like we can't not if we're gonna put content out we we gotta put some turkey hunting stuff out obviously and then I just started getting into it um two years ago, my first time, like actually, I mean, I've gone out before with like buddies that like we go to a Turkey camp upstate PA and it turns into just drinking all night and we don't wake up. But then I was like, you know what, next year, you know, I'm going to try, I'm really going to try. This looks cool. You know, watching some videos and I shot like a super Jake. It was like a, I don't know, six inch. It was, I looked it up. It was like three quarters of an inch past being a jake so i was like you know i was pumped and i got super hooked and i was like this is so cool i shot it out of a blind with a shotgun i was like oh man this is awesome and it was done in like two minutes so like i never really got to experience like a whole day of like turkey hunting hearing birds and then i met colton tyler and i ran the woods with those boys and dude they those guys they turkey hunt like they came down to southern zone ohio where i live they live northeast and we hunted public land. 
we had me, Colt hunted together, and then Tyler and two of their buddies hunted together. They shot a bird on opening day. We shot a bird the next day on public land. Never been there before in two days on public land. We got two birds out of a four-person group. Then I was like, okay, you guys know what you're doing. Like these, they're just ridiculous. They're they lived around, you know, they've done it their whole lives, and that just I was filming Colts with Colts episodes on YouTube. We're dropping our turkey stuff on carbon um, from last year, this March. But I filmed him the whole time, just watching him hunt and just getting into the birds we were getting in. It got me hooked just being from behind the camera. And I was like, okay, so this year it's like I'm balls to the wall turkey hunting because I didn't know what real turkey hunting was until I hunted with like a real turkey hunter. And now we're all like on the same page. Like we all just love turkey hunting, which is cool. So from that, like, uh, synopsis or whatever. Um, what what do you s- dis- define as real turkey hunting now? Besides what like you were doing? Well, I was going to ask, you, like, yeah, like what it, what have you learned like in that time? I frame? wasn't a real turkey hunter. I was just <laughs> I didn't know how to use a mouth call at all. I just put it in my mouth and just blew, and I thought it sounded all right. And I would just drive up to a piece of public land and just be like, okay, there's woods here. There had there was deer here last year. There's I guess deer and turkey hang out together. Like I had no idea. And I would go out there and I'm not seeing a bird. I'm not hearing a gobble. And I'm like, this sucks. Like I'm never doing this again. And then I met a guy um, at the Harrisburg show when I lived in PA, and he's from Western PA. And we started talking. He was a veteran. I was a veteran. And we just started talking. He's like, hey man. He's like, he's like, I I don't turkey hunt, but I got like 70 acres in Western PA, and I have. He showed me trail camera pictures. He has like six or seven toms every day, like like daylight. I, I'm like, he's like, dude, I don't turkey hunt. They're everywhere. Just just come on out. Let's pick a weekend. And I'm like, all right, sweet. And I went out with my buddy Kenny. He was filming me. First day, first hour, sun's not even up. The birds just, just come in. And I'm like, okay, shoot it. It was done. So even at that point, I don't even know what real turkey hunting is <laughs> because it happened so quick when I shot my first bird. And I don't, I mean, I don't want to say real turkey, like I don't know what real turkey hunting is, but I never been around guys who like, it was their passion. Like that's like what they did and they love turkey hunting until I met Colton Tyler and just seeing those guys, like just how they operated. It was just coming from the military. It was really methodical how they like did things. And it was just, I was like, dude, I want to do this. Like, this is awesome. Like, this is what I didn't do when I was turkey hunting by myself. And then, like I said, now we're all on the same page that we love turkey hunting. We're all, they have more success than me because they have years on me, but um, the passion's there for all of us, which is awesome. Yeah. So, like I said, I knew zero about it. And I married into this family, and my father in law used to call, like he used to go and work the conventions and he worked for a call company and they, he, yeah. he would do the demonstrations and all that stuff. So, and then John was traveling with him, you know, hunting when he was a kid. And it's like, I get into it and they're like, here, try this. And I'm like, <laughs> choking on the fucking call. I'm like, all right, stop that. Like, don't ever do that again. And here's a, a, a pot call. I'm like, okay, try that. It's It's been an evolution, but I mean, that's 20 years of like, but like I started from that perspective of like, like don't do that like <laughs> you guys this is how we do it this is how it works you know um and it's it's interesting to me because i think you know deer hunting is the same way 
to a degree, like however you learn to deer hunt is probably, uh, unless you're mm-hmm. seeking out, like trying to get better, you know, you could have been like, you know, I don't turkey hunt because it's so easy. You just put a blind up and, you know, you wake up and there's turkeys there, you know, and, and that there's so much more to it, you know, that, that makes it like the fun part, you know, right. and, and the worst, and the same thing would be like with elk, but elk and turkey, like the phantom gobbles or bugles, like you're sitting there, especially like on a windy day and you're like, did you hear that? Did you hear right. that? Like, what way was it from? Like there, like everybody's <laughs> yeah. pointing in a different direction. You're no, like, it was that way. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, uh, to me, that's, that's the most fun part about it is like, I think for the most part, you know, not, you know, if you guys are running camera for one another, you know, deer hunting might be a little bit more fun and a little less like by yourself. Right. Or like less of a, like solo adventure, but it seems like with turkey hunting, you're always usually turkey hunting with somebody else. You know, you got a caller and a, yeah. a shooter or, or whatever. Dude, sometimes we had four guys last year, I think a couple weekends turkey hunting together, like two camera guys. Cause they tagged out and they were just hanging out. And then two shooters, and like you said, like when you hear that bird, it's like that's what's fun. But you're there with four dudes, like, dude, did you fucking hear that? Like, that's what's cool about it. You don't get that in deer hunting. That's what got like that's what I meant by like real turkey hunting. I got to hear that shit in the woods and be like, all right, this is it. This is where it's at. This is what this is. We had three guys, three guys in the blind, (laughs) coffee cups clanking, people farting. You can't do that. I mean, you can do it in deer hunting, but it's different. There's it's not more pressure, but you're going after a way bigger animal a harder animal to kill i think frank and ernie were both on that hunt too right because mm-hmm. they were behind us and they're like the, the jakes were right next to the tent and they're looking over i'm like wow well, i think i clinked my coffee cup <laughs> or something but uh like we've messed i mean how many turkeys have we messed up like <laughs> <laughs> we as in you <laughs> oh it's always my fault yeah john john's flawless and john takes us in and he's like we just need to go right here and we like literally set up underneath the turkeys no, like so- like literally like the turkeys were probably like shitting on us like we were yeah. that close <laughs> well because i roosted them the night before i went out and scouted i knew the spot yeah. and i put them to bed and i'm like you know, I didn't see them go up in the roost. I could just tell by their gobbles. I'm like, they're on that tree line, and they're about, I don't know, 100 yards out there. So we're going in opening morning, and we're going down this two-track right on that tree line. And I'm, like, looking at my base map. I'm like, oh, shit, we're past my mark. I'm like, so we go back a little bit, and we sit up, and then all of a sudden they start gobbling like, I can't, I'm like, they're above us. Like, what the hell? You know, and then all of a sudden they pitch down and it's like, well, I could hear them drumming up in the tree. I was like, yeah. And I open up the tent window. I'm like, Adam, do you see him? And they were a, like, he had his camera and he's like, when, when he looked at the footage, they end up like, literally they were out of frame and they flew down. So they were like <laughs> above us. <laughs> like, well, that's awesome. I pinpointed him, but I, we got a little too close. At least you didn't bump him out of the roost. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he, like you got in tight. Yeah. And he set up a big blind. And like We got all our camera gear set up and everything. Like, then, I then, did that I, one time when I was up in Michigan. And we're like, he's like, hey, the birds are, you know, pretty close to here. Turkey ends up 
goblin. He's right on top of us. It, it's actually, it's just a lot of fun. It was hilarious. We're like, oh my God, set up this whole big ass blind and never jumped him out of the roost. <laughs> so I think- he pitches down, comes into the decoys, and then he's over there flopping. I mean, that <laughs> quick. Well, that happened with me and Colt, our first turkey hunt. So, like I say, Colt's a big turkey hunter. He's killed a lot of birds. He loves turkey hunting. Our first hunt together was the public land, public land last year. And um, that's our like second time ever hanging out. So like, we're not at that level where you like, we're not at that level of friends yet where you could just tell them to fuck off or someone to fuck off. <laughs> and so we get to this piece of public. We had a, we went there a night before we didn't roost any birds, but I, I seen a lot of tracks there when I was shed hunting the year before. So I was like, all right, let's go here. And um, we get off the truck, we walk out there and you hear a bird and it sounds like it's a mile away. He's like, dude, let's run. And he starts sprinting to the truck. And I'm like, all right, let's go, dude. I'm running camera for him. We're sprinting to the truck. And then we get to the truck. We drive to where he's like, I think it was right here. So we go up where we thought it was. We, we called from the road. All right. When we got out of the truck, he got out, he called and he heard it to see what side of the road it was on. It was on the left side. So we went up to the top of the hill. I got a camera. I got a GoPro. I'm holding his GoPro for him. So we got three cameras. I'm running up there. We set up and we're in like this real thick area. It's the only area that we really can set up before we get too close to this bird. You can only see about, I don't know, 30 yards in front of you. And he's, he's like to my left sitting in front of me. I'm behind him running the main camera and the GoPro's attached to a branch above me. And I just hear this bird hammer, hammer. And I was like, me being like the film guy, like I just want to get everything on footage. Like that's my thing. I go to reach to turn to turn the camera on. And all of a sudden he just, he looks at me. He's like, he said, dude, that bird was right there. It, uh, it saw you. And he looked at me, you know how, like, you know, they talk about the fuck me eyes. <laughs> he, he gave me the eyes. Like, I want to fucking kill you. <laughs> but he was just, it was his first time like hanging out with me. So till this day, I was, I always, I'm like, dude, how bad did you want to just like beat this shit out? <laughs> and he's like, and he was just super nice about it. He's like, oh, man, you know, uh, and he, you know, I don't think he saw you. I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> he saw now, you. Now, you know, you screwed that whole shit up. Right? Like, yeah, That's what, so uh, Ernie's done that. I mean, I've been on hunts, I mean, like years ago when we, when we first started, when it was really tough. And I remember, uh, you know, Frank was like one of the best callers in the, I mean, the Midwest. I mean, he did, he did seminar or he went to all the shows and, and, uh, was a salesman for Rod Benson calls here in Michigan. But I remember like we took another buddy of our, my dad and my uncle Frank and we get out there and we're sitting by the tree and the birds are coming in and he's over there fidgeting. Next thing you know, you hear, you know, the alarm put and then they're gone. And he's like, well, you know, what happened? Like you're over there moving. Like, well, I wasn't moving much. It's like, you can go like this. And that bird a hundred yards away is going to be like, see ya. You know, I mean, well, yeah. You got to be careful taking the safety off your gun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, where I was sitting, I didn't see the bird. He could see the bird. So in my defense, I didn't know the bird was that close and we couldn't talk. So he couldn't say like the bird's right there. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. you heard him start, he, he put it in and I was like, all right, dude. And then we got, he shot a bird the next day and everything was forgotten. <laughs> well, and that's what, that, that was hard thing. That's one of the things with turkey hunting is like learning, like what John said. Like, so if you only had your first experience there, where the the birds come in and you shot them, and it was yeah. two minutes, 
you didn't get to hear like an alarm putt or like you know when like when a when the bird stops gobbling or hangs up or whatever and you know like the nuanced stuff to be like all right well if i stop calling then he's gonna gobble in yeah you know 10 minutes 15 minutes because he's still trying to figure out like where you're at like all that like stuff that takes a lot of time to learn and, and figure out i mean i think of the one like from what you were saying like my wife like she hates turkey hunting with me because every time like i move whenever i am comfortable moving but like i also kn- know that it's safe to move that at that point, you know, and my wife, she's always moving around and she's like, how come you can hit your face? And I can't, I'm getting eaten alive by myself. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, it's, that's enough. <laughs> like, like, she hates it. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah. Yeah. You guys get to bring coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're in a blind. Yeah. We yeah. start out in the blind and then we run and gun usually. Yeah. yeah. What, what plan A is blind. Then, you know, once, like, my favorite story about, like... Although I did run and gun in the blind. Remember yeah. that? <laughs> like, I look like cartoon, yeah. Like, I'm sneaking with my 10 on me. <laughs> but, like, not knowing turkey hunting. You know, my brother, he's killed a bunch of birds. He's killed uh, birds now with his bow and called them in for my, my nephew and all this stuff. And, like, we didn't grow up turkey hunting. I take him on his first... Uh, turkey hunt he's like basically deaf like like he has like some sort of like there's a, a spot in his hearing that like he has no hearing so he can hear like these pitches and these pitches and uh but it's it's like in in our family it's terrible but anyways so these birds are just hammering like everywhere and me and I, we're it's it's him and his wife and his wife is like you hear those turkeys and my brother's like uh. <laughs> The, I called in the biggest turkey that I've ever seen, like beard dragging on the ground, like, and I got hemmed up because the turkeys were over here. I knew that they were roosted over there and like whatever the boss hen was, I was just doing exactly what she was doing and she was pissed and she was coming towards me. So she pulled them right past the, my brother, but inadvertently from the other way, I had called in another hen and she was like basically like right at my feet so i couldn't call anymore i just i just had to stop and just not move and those turkeys walked past my brother at about 40 yards and he's got a browning bps 10 gauge that like kills him out to like 60 and he's like oh they're too far they're too far and they walked they they went on and i couldn't call him back so I walk over to my brother and he's like, what are we doing? This is a great spot. And I'm like, it's not this, it's not like deer hunting. This isn't like, it's not a runway. Like there's not going to be any more turkeys. Like they were sleeping up there. They flew down and now they're somewhere else. So we got to go find other turkeys. And he's like, oh man, I thought you just put me in a really good spot. Like, No, it's not how turkey hunting works. Like not at all. And you should have shot that one. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, so that turkey was huge, huge. But it's all about learning those like little things and like turkey hunting and not being able to hear is definitely that's what makes oh, it more that's challenging. What's fun for us. I mean, but like even when you were shooting, when you shot at the bird with the the longbow, man, we, you know, we're having a blast. So and I, I'm gonna John called in those birds, but like John's not the greatest caller. Like. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm, I used to be really good at it, but I th- was that when my slate was wet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because like you're listening, I'm listening to it on back on the video and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, our buddy, our guy Colton, our team, he says it all. He's a great caller. Um, I've been practicing, but he says it all the time. He's like, it's not about the call. It's about when and when not to call when it comes to turkeys, honestly. Because you call too much, you know, that bird's not going to come in. It's you could As long as you remotely sound like a turkey, just from my experience that I have with them, it's just when to put it away and when to pick it up is really going to turn if that bird comes in. There's certainly something to be said about that, and, and that's true to an extent. But like – and what they're saying. But when you hear Frank call, like when you hear oh, my father. Yeah, you're like a perfect. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, you're that it's a whole nother. Right. It's a whole nother level of like, because I know like, you know, what I sound like when I call and I can hear like when John calls and like what he sounds like. God forbid Ernie calls. But like when Frank calls, it's a whole nother. Like, oh, yeah. It, 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 yeah. It's like. It's like he's actually having a conversation with these turkeys, you know, like it doesn't matter. And it's the turkeys that are like the one of the ones that I miss with with my bow when we were running and gunning. He called that turkey from oh over like 600 yards away. Like we we saw him cross the road. We circled around like a mile or so and got back in there, heard a gobble, set up his as close as we could and this turkey just came like on a string it took a long time but it yeah, was a long, long enough to we set up and then i was like man i just lost one of my brand new gloves so i walked all the way back to the truck backtracked then came all the way back and sat back down and then they were still calling that bird and uh then i heard the shot and he killed a stump on that one yeah i hit a branch and but it was you know, this turkey was like running in and it was going because of the way that we were set up. Frank kept moving back and back and back and he actually circled around. So the turkey was not going to come like where I needed him to go. He was going to the call. Yeah. So it was like I could shoot him here or n- not at all. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, what are you going to do? But I don't know. So. You're headed out west. What about you, Kyle? What do you have going this year for Turkey? Uh, I don't have a whole lot planned. Uh, hoping to make it up to Michigan. Uh, may head up Kentucky with my buddy, and then may make time to go out west. Uh, so uh-huh. I'm doing line work now, and everything's kind of busy. Just got in the apprenticeship and I don't know when I'm going to have to go to climbing school. And that's like two weeks long over in Ohio. So I've just got a lot going on. So I'm kind of just playing it by ear. Definitely going to take off to hunt opening week in Indiana. Then after that, it's kind of a crap shoot and wherever I go, I go and, you know, may take off work and hit up somewhere uh i'm kind of the grunt so if i can get off you know i'll take off but if not i guess it is what it is making money be shooting them from the the pole <laughs> it wouldn't be bad shoot them out of my climbing gear yeah. yeah so on that that podcast you know you guys were like yeah we're not 
we're not saddle guys, but we just started talking to the latitude guys. I think we're going to use it. Like, so how did you end up like, cause like said, that's who you're at ATA with. And that's like, uh, you know, kind of where I saw your content first was like through latitudes and stuff. So like, how is that like mindset changed? Uh, well, that, that stems back to when I came out to Ohio to hunt public when I lived in PA. Um, I hunted with out of an XOP stand with sticks. Um, and it just, I started, I don't want to say I got lazy, but I would just stay in a spot a day longer than I should have because I didn't feel like tearing down. And I just was like, you know, I'm going to stay here another day. I, I feel like I had a deer on camera in here. Let's just sit in here. When I knew I probably should have moved and it was just getting real pain in the ass. Um, Cause I didn't have a really good system down for that. Cause I hunted private my whole life. And then that was coming out here on public. So it was a whole new system of actually like where to put my sticks to make everything light, you know, all that. And then you got all the camera gear and stuff. So it was totally new. And before that, I just thought, you know, saddle hunting, I, I don't, I didn't know what it really was. And then it came into, I was like, got done. The season was over and I started watching YouTube videos on like saddle hunting just to see what it was about. And I actually came across, um, next step outdoors and me and him are actually really good buddies now aaron aaron olson from there and we talk all the time but he was doing a video about saddle hunting and he was using a latitude saddle and then i was like you know what i think I'm, i might give it a shot and then two days later i got an email from alex and he said he stumbled upon our youtube videos and liked our content and asked if we would ever saddle hunt and I was like, I don't know if this is like a cruel joke or something, but I was literally watching a video like two days ago of how to saddle hunt and thinking about getting into it. And he like kind of just explained to me, I gave him the questions I had about saddle hunting. He, he even offered to send me his personal saddle to try out before I wanted to work with latitude or even use latitude. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll wait until, you know, everything's in production. We'll get our saddles and, you know, I'll do it my own. Don't worry about it. And um, when we got them in hand and I actually got to get in a tree with it, with my bow, I was like, okay, this isn't like all the speculations I had went away. Everything was completely just thrown upside down. Like I, my biggest gripe was self-filming. I thought self-filming would suck out of it. And then it turned out to be easier because I can have the camera in front of me and not to one side. And if the deer is coming to, the left side, I got to have that camera wrapped around my body. So I'm shooting with the camera arm in my ribs. Now that I'm setting up in a tree where, where I'm guessing or hoping or studying where these deer are coming out with that camera in front of me and I can shoot almost 360. And, um, yeah, we just, we fell in love with it. I mean, like we don't, I will never ever push or have or tell anyone to use something if I really don't like it or love it, or we all don't love it. And we just, we fell in love with it. And it's the first saddle we used and we love this. So there's no reason to go out and get another one until I have a problem with it, but I love it so far. What about you, Kyle? What's your like background for like the hunting side, like for, for deer hunting and then like then moving into a saddle? <laughs> Um, so I used a, when I got into bow hunting and like, I think it was my senior year of high school, my cousin got me into it. So didn't have a whole lot of money, saved up some money, got a bow, like $400 with everything on it, brand new. And then I was like, 
okay, well, I got to have something to get up in the tree. So I bought a like early 1980s loggy bayou <laughs> climber, actually two of them. It was a two for 20. I was like, oh, it was on like early on on like Facebook before marketplace. I think it was just a post. I was like, yeah, I'll buy them. So I got two climbers for 20 bucks and uh, started hunting out of one of them. It's got like rubber grips on it. It's like sheet metal and rubber grips. It's not even got like chains or teeth. Oh yeah, I got I've got climber. I've got two of those, yeah. Yeah, that's still my favorite climber. I got like a newer muddy one for Christmas. That thing was a piece. Like there's just too much going on. I didn't like the bar around me. I just like the old fashioned loggy bayou. Like it's a, it's a good stand. But got started in that and hunted out of that a lot. Just not putting any lock-ons on or ladder stands, just taking that everywhere on my private pieces even. I just didn't have stands and didn't have a whole lot of money, and so I'd take that everywhere. So is that, that log, you just have the seat on it? Uh, yeah, on the platform, it lifts up, and then you tie it around the tree. And it clips in with the little snaps? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like uh, It's got like a little rope, and you tighten it to about what you need, and then there's a hook on it. Yep. Hook it into the hook and you twist the knob and then it tightens it up. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like two pieces of metal that split apart with mesh in the middle of it. Yeah. I got trapped in a tree in that stand. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when the seat comes up and there's those two little buttons behind it, like when the seat comes all the way up, it clicks. Yeah. There's those two little buttons that allow it to fold down. I'd use that stand 25 times. Never engaged the buttons. Never engaged the buttons. Oh, I didn't even know about those buttons. Yeah. So the <laughs> seat. I didn't know there were buttons. The seat will not fold down if you don't put those buttons in. It's like a detent button where, you know, like on a. Yeah. On a yeah you push tent. it in and it extends. Yeah. 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 So. When, oh, mine, I'm going to have to look at mine. I didn't know that. And I've used mine a lot. Yeah. So I'm up in a tree, you know, 20 feet going to get down and I can't get the seat down and I can't figure out why it won't go down. And so I ended up just hanging from my safety strap and pushing that metal belt down as far as I could get it to go. Then standing on the seat, pulling it down. Finally, I got like eight feet off the ground and I just lowered myself down and jumped and I climbed back up and un, you know, pulled the pin and the whole thing. And my, my face hurt from being so angry and so like pissed off. I brought it back to Frank's house and I just threw it out of the back of my truck and I threw it in the driveway. And I'm like, how do you put the seat down? And he's he just looked at me with like huge eyes, and he's like, "How did you get down? <laughs> like because you can't do it if you don't if you don't fold that seat down, you can't get yeah, down. You can't lift, you lift can't. it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it. yeah, oh yeah. So oh, I'm wow. I'm, that, I'm that very familiar. So I used to do that with mine, where I would get it to the point where I'd be like right on the edge, and so I'd put my shoulder against the tree and then push all my weight, and I'd get it to click. But then same thing, like. You'd have to do that to get the, to unbutton it. And there was times where I'm like, you know, about giving myself a hernia trying to get that, get those to unlatch. Well, and then in the same 
you know, the same thing, same sentence, like you could get it set sometimes and you'd like lean on it and it'd be like rocking in there and it'd be like, click, 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 like, oh, the other I thing I would as that or not, I don't know if mine's a little bit earlier, but I've never even like heard the clicks or anything. I just step to the edge of the platform and then I take my toe, lift the seat up and then shove it with my hand. And I've never heard or seen any of those buttons. Yeah, this would be like circa 1989, probably. Okay, I think I think I looked mine up. I want to say mine's like 82, 83, somewhere in there. Okay. I mean, it's like real old. Yep. And so, like, the Loggy Bayou also, like, it, because of those metal bands, like, it would be, like, dead calm in the morning, and then you'd knock something, and it goes, like, boy, like oh, the, my the, gosh, when you're climbing yeah. up and down. When you're trying to get it wrapped around the tree, if you let go of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but for it's- climbing, if you still use it, what I would do was I I had an extra bungee cord, right? And then I would, I would make it – well, back then, I was just the old – the cheap one. So what I'd do is I'd, I would pull it through and then I would tie a knot on it. So it was like the perfect length and you hook one strap, like where those straps come through, you put it through the loop on one side and then the other, and it pulled them tight and it put enough tension on them bands and it wouldn't go <laughs> anymore. Huh. Yeah, no, I've had that problem too. That that's hilarious. Yeah. Especially when you're climbing up and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, so I didn't mean to interrupt your story, but like, yeah. Oh, no, you're good. I love talking about those loggy bayous. <laughs> They're a hell of a time. Uh, but yeah, I got started in the loggy bayou and, uh, you know, been using some walk ons. And Derek said that latitude messaged us. And so I was like, yeah, I'm open to it. Hadn't really looked much into saddles or anything like that. And, uh, they end up sending us saddles out and we kind of just ran with it. And I didn't really have any thoughts on it. I didn't do a whole lot of research on it. I was like, yeah, let's run it. Let's try it. You know, I'm all for it. I bought some steaks, bought a platform for it, actually bought two sets of each. And I just took it straight out hunting. I like woke up one morning, early October. And I was like, I'm going to hunt out of my saddle today. And I went out and I about killed myself. I was sweating. I mean, it was a lot of work. I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. And I was like, I'm never doing this again. I was like, wow. I was like, I was like, we're partnered with Latitude Saddles. Like, I thought that was awesome. But I was like, this is hard. And then after that, I figured it out. And I love it. I catch myself in the stand sometimes or the saddle swinging back and forth. I'm just having a jolly old time. But yeah, no, I, I love hunting out of a saddle. It's super easy to film. You got the camera basically between your legs and you can pivot it either way. I I don't know about Derek and them, but I'm small enough. I actually use my platform as like a lock-on. And a lot of the time I'll like pull myself up and then spin around and then uh, flip the camera around and face like I'm hunting out of a lock-on. Uh, so I do enjoy that. So it's like a lock-on and a saddle. I'll do that same thing. I throw my bridge in the tether over my shoulder. Yeah. And then I just can stand up and look the, you know, the the opposite way. Yeah. I, it's, I helped, it's helped us out a lot, though, hasn't it? It's helped us out a lot for filming, too. Like, as a, like just being a camera guy, like not hunting. Like, if one of us is hunting in a tree stand or, like, a lock-on, the, 
we don't need to set a double set now. The guy just comes out with the platform. The guy goes up in his tree stand, sets the saddle platform up for the camera guy. I climb up, get in the saddle, and I'm filming him out of the tree stand. So it's, we've we've used that probably 50-50, used it as a camera guy versus hunting. But this the, just makes things a lot easier for us, a lot lighter. Yeah. So that's who they went down to ATA with, right? And so if you've made it this far in the podcast, we we owe you something. So have you have you guys ever listened to the Hanging Hunt podcast? <laughs> no. Okay. So the Hanging Hunt podcast is uh Taylor Chamberlain. Taylor Chamberlain and Billy Phillips and they do hunt urban that they're big with tethered and uh, they put out some amazing content and they're freaking hilarious. Well, they have a podcast out called the dark side of the ATA <laughs> and they're retelling a story. That's a bunch of different stories all combined about one of your fateful nights at the ATA show. So, um, <laughs> And these two look like they're like deer in headlights here. What's the name of this podcast? <laughs> Wait, are you, like ours? Like mine and Derek's? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there, there's no names that have been. Uh, I don't even think they know the they, names. They don't even know the names of the people, the, the story that they're telling. But the people that they do know their names, they don't. They don't say any names. Yeah, they don't say any names. But, but, but I was about pissing my pants. Well, now <laughs> they know. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, guys. Oh, it's nice talking to you guys. <laughs> I oh, said if they made it this far into the podcast, they need to listen to that. And so that's you guys need to listen to that and then say, okay, how did I'm this – how did this listen, really happen? Listen, you were one step away from being involved in that story. <laughs> I, I understand that. That's why it was just, it was just so crazy. All like, you had to do was get in the truck. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but just uh, when Billy, he messaged me and he's like, he's like, we just talking something about ATA, like, and I think we even talked about like he's like we need we need to talk about like the dark side of the ATA show, <laughs> and then I was like oh my gosh, and he's like he's like oh you wait just wait, <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> oh it, it's hilarious. So Dude, we were just as mind blown by it and like that like we didn't know what it, we were like yeah we're going to ATA it's cool to meet all you know oh. talk to these guys we talked to on Instagram meet a person it's cool, and then the sun goes down and it's like a whole different ball game. And I was like, my wife, she could probably hear me. She was like, "Yeah, how that was the ATA." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, it was cool. It was a good time. You know, it was yeah, I was like, oh, I love hunting and filming. This is awesome. <laughs> I was not expecting that. It was a heck of a time. Like the ATA show, that was pretty cool. But <laughs> everything else that came with it, I was I was pretty shook. <laughs> well, that's like this this year we actually that's why we go to at yeah so this year we actually like did some business there like it was it was a good show for us like for the year and it's but it ends up being but it ends up being like a huge like networking event but like at the show people are either busy or there's other stuff going on 
and it you is get a- more done after the show, and that's what we got too. That's how we really met you guys. I right. Mean, that's how we got we got a lot of networking done too, and got a lot of good work done. And it was not at the show. <laughs> well, and so one of the guys who has a real big podcast um, lives just down the road from us, basically, and he calls it like the duck blind test, right? He's like, can you hang out with somebody? And would you want to sit there for hours upon end? Like, and could you tolerate him or whatever? And I think that that's like, after you go out and like hang out and like, you get to see who people really are. Like, you know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) like, Oh shit. never mind. And, and, you know, sometimes that leads to some sketchy situations. (laughs) Let's just say we love latitude saddles. We love latitude saddles. It's the best thing we've ever done and everyone that's involved with. So we won't go through that, but I'm just saying, like, you guys need to check that out um, and then get back with us and tell us, like, how well they did on the retelling of the story, of the stories. All right. Uh, but so, John, you, you always say. What's that, Kyle? I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. So we're going to change subjects. <laughs> One of the questions I always ask our guests are, what bow setups are you guys shooting? So why don't you go first? I'll, first. I'm shooting the uh, – you go first. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm shooting a Matthews Triax. I got an – IQ bow sight. Uh, I I need to get a new sight on it. I have a new string I'm going to put on it. I think it's like a gas bow string. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, it's only my second bow. I kind of jumped from a fully set up bow for 400 bucks to, you know, a bare bow for a thousand bucks. And so I kind of built it, I think, want to say three years ago when it came out. Yep. And I mean, it's a learning experience and I don't want to say I'm an expert in bow hunting, but I've learned a lot the past few years and it works. I've shot a couple nice bucks with it. I just think it could be better. Like my site, it's kind of junk. The IQ part of it doesn't even work. Yeah. And stabilizer, you know, I, I think it's good. Maybe it could be a little longer. I don't know, but, uh, what rest you shooting? Say what? What rest you shooting? Uh, the QAD. Okay. Yep. What arrows? Uh, oh, I just switched, uh, this two years ago. It's, uh, the Easton 6.5s. Okay. Well, broadheads. Montec G5. All right. Nice. Yeah. Hard hitting. I love those, those broadheads. I used to use rage and I just didn't have any luck. They were all falling apart on me every time I went out and <laughs> shot a couple of nice bucks. Didn't find them, blamed it on the broadheads and which, and ever since then been using Montec. So one of the things with those rages or whatever, and I'm not like poking fun at you, but what's your draw length? Cause you're 27 and a half. Okay. So that's what that pounds. Big. What pound are you shooting? Uh, like I think, it's on 60 pounds. So it's like 57 and a half. It's weird the way it's turned up, but I think I put it on the scale or whatever. And it was like around 57 pounds. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause like Derek was saying like shooting those two inch cuts. And one of the things, like when I shot my big buck, 
I was I wasn't shooting enough poundage or kinetic energy or anything for that big of a broadhead. Um, yeah, it's something that That's I learned I after too. the fact. After the fact, yeah. Yeah, I learned that. I I mean, I've shot some some studs that I never found. I have nice deer on my wall, but when I first started hunting this one property, I think I ended up shooting three bucks out there in three years and I didn't find them. And the first one I shot, I want to say was around 170. Uh, this deer right here I had on camera like two years ago. And then I found him this past Turkey season on a different property, but I had him on camera. So, that, I mean, there's some studs out there and I was shooting expandables and just, I had good shot placement on two of them. One of them, he took a step. It was a bad shot, but just never found the deer. And I didn't know what to think about it. One of the deer, I didn't get a lot of penetration, but I know I put it behind the shoulder. And so I ended up switching because of what you said is not having enough like kinetic energy to get it to expand and right. make it through. And then, you know, they were falling apart on me and, it's just simple to pull it out and poke it in the bow and go. Even the buck that you shot that we, that I edited for you, you hit him right in the heart. And how much penetration did you have? Uh, I mean, I it went all the way through and hit opposite side shoulder. Uh, oh, okay, and the video. Yeah, yeah I was a little that. nervous because I had that happen before where the arrow sticks in him, and I'm like, oh, here we go again. I thought I had a perfect shot, but it hit his offside shoulder, and he when he took off, he broke it, and the arrow fell out. And, he went like, I don't know, 35, 40 yards maybe. I mean, he was done. I shot him straight through the heart. It was pretty cool having the little uh, Montec like triangle <laughs> right in the center of his heart. Nice. That was a proud moment. I shot a lot to get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's your setup? I'm shooting the, uh, the Matthews uh, VXR, the 28-inch. Uh, um, I got the React Pro site, uh, QAD rest, um, shooting full metal jackets, 300 spine. Um, I run four fletch. And um, this year I switched to, I used to shoot Swacker forever. Um, it was a cheaper end broadhead, but it worked for me. Um, I, I killed deer with them. I lost deer with them. But then the deer in Ohio that we talked about that I didn't find, that if I had the broadheads I'm using this year, well, that deer, I probably, I, I would have found that deer. I just, no doubt in my mind, because I made a similar shot on a big doe this year, and she ran like 50 yards and piled up. And I was shooting swagger, and I said, all right, never again. And it's hard to blame the broadhead, because it's all about shot placement it, it, at the end of the day. I mean, it is. Um, but I just found that I used, I switched to Sever this year, and I made, a, it's the first episode we have on carbon. I made a not-so-perfect shot on the deer, on the uh, big doe opening day and she ran about 50 yards piled up, but I just, the sever was just, it looked so forgiving to me after like gutting the deer and seeing where I hit it and what it actually did to that deer. So I'm kind of sticking with them for now, just from, just from that experience. But at the end of the day, like I, it's all about shot placement. You know, I'm not a, I don't target shoot. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't three, I should start doing 3d. It's fun, but I don't, I'm a deer hunter. I shoot it all the time, but I'm not like, I'm a pie plate guy. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a hit and attack type of guy. That's how I've always hunted. Just how I grew up, you know, even with gun hunting, that's how I was. What release? So I'm, about, I'm about killing deer, not getting points. If that makes <laughs> sense. 
What release are you guys shooting? I'm shooting a true ball thumb release. Mine's nothing special. It's the same release when I bought my first bow at Bass Pro. Uh, I think it's uh, one of their, like, I think it's their brand blackout. It's some blackout release, but I mean, it works. I like it. I don't feel like I need to buy a new release. And I've been using that for, I don't know, about the past eight years or so. I'd say something like that. Cool. Yeah, stick with what works. I mean, it works, hasn't yeah. broke yet. And I've only lost it a couple times. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have uh, orange duct tape now that I put on anything that I have the potential of losing. So <laughs> I thought about that today. I lost my GoPro. I called Derek and told him, I was like, dude, I lost my GoPro for like a half hour. I actually put it on our story. I was, I, it was stupid too. I'd seen a possum. I was like, oh. I get my backpack, put it on my chest. I'm digging my camera out of there and my GoPro's in the water bottle pocket. And I flip the bag back around without zipping it. So it's all loose. And I go to like get the camera ready and I change the settings a little bit. And this possum takes off. I'm like, oh, I'm chasing this dude down. He's not that fast. (laughs) And I chase him for about 75 yards or so. And then he runs behind this tree and I get around there and he's got this little hole dug out and he's gone. And then I feel my bag and I'm like, my GoPro's gone. And I, I turn around and look, I'm like, I don't even know where I came from. I was chasing a possum, holding my camera up and my neck got all hot. My stomach started feeling weird. I was like, Oh no, the sun's setting. I'm in the middle of the woods and everything looks the same. And I'm like, I'm like, I can't call it. You know, I get on my phone. I'm like, how to find a lost GoPro. Like, and I'm walking and watching a YouTube video, listening to this. And finally, after about, I don't know, somewhere between like 20 minutes and a half hour, I've, I found this thing by luck. And it was right where the possum went into the hole. I didn't even see that I dropped it right where I ended. <laughs> so, yeah, there's going to be orange tape going on that thing. <laughs> Yeah, there's a. I got a GPS in the UP somewhere. That same thing. That was a big, big buck chasing a doe. And, you can't uh, GPS that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was, of course, like I bought the camouflage one because that was like you know that made sense, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, what an idiot. <laughs> like, I, me, I spent what probably two hours one day looking for my rangefinder because it's in the camouflage case, and I was. I was in a new spot and I was up clearing out some shooting lanes, like knocking some brush and I'd been jumping up and down. And then I get halfway back to my truck and I'm like, where's my freaking range finder? What the hell? Well, what happened was the clip on it had the, the snap clip, that part broke off. So it was basically just a hook. (laughs) Oh no. So I'm like, cool till you lose something. Right. And so I walked around and I, I mean, I did that whole section and I was like, finally, I found it like under the tree that I was planning on climbing. <laughs> so like, that's always a relief when you like actually find it. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, right. You, know, you, you were already like writing it off. Like, okay, where yeah. are we going from here? How do we come back from this? <laughs> oh man. Well, guys, I think that's kind of all we got for for today. Where can people follow along with like what you guys are what you're doing, and like what do you guys have coming up? 
Uh, well, this Wednesday, we got um, the Indiana Deer and Turkey Expo. Um, we'll be there. We're at booth 267. Um, it's our first trade show as a group, just doing us. We'll all be together. Come hang out. We got shirts, um, hats, stuff. I, I know this probably won't be. This, the show's going to be done after this. But um, after that, we're going to be selling a um, bunch of shirts and stuff that we have from the show uh, left over and some more stuff. Um, it's just it's something cool for us to just get all to get together. And after ATA was kind of where we really wanted to do that. It's like having that human interaction is 10 times better than social media. It's like, like, I hate it. I'd rather do that once a month than have social media, just be able to talk to you guys and talk to everyone. So that was kind of why we did that. And we're going to probably continue to keep doing that hit to two or three shows, one or two, three shows a year and um, get to meet some people. So, but yeah, you can find us on uh, carbon TV. Our Turkey episodes are going to be launched from last year, uh, March 4th. And then we got a lot of turkey episodes coming this spring. Um, they'll be on there. And then all our deer episodes are on there. And obviously on Instagram logo. and Facebook. <laughs> what did you say? Sick new turkey logo. Yeah, we got a new turkey logo. Um, kind of separated a little bit from our full draw assassins deer hunting seasons. Uh, we'll be probably announcing that around March 4th when those episodes drop. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And we, we did start a group on Facebook. If anyone wants to join, it's a full FDA Nation. Um, it's kind of anyone can just get on there. And, and like we said, you can just go on there. You can make fun of us. You can agree with us and just tell us how you're doing. Tell us how you're hunting, what you do, um, whether you're in it for just photography, for video, or you just love hunting. Come over, join the group, hang out, meet people, and uh, kind of do what we did. Because what we, some starting full draw assassins, I get asked a lot, like, like what's like one of the good things about it, like, you know, doing this and the number one thing is relationships with people that we've met and I've met um, through this that I would have never met before if I didn't do this. You know, I grew up in right outside of Philadelphia. Now I got three brothers, one from Indiana, two from Ohio. It's just, just crazy. So yeah, you never know. You might go on our group and meet someone that you, you never knew you got along with. So, but yeah, that's pretty much it. That's. That's who we are, and uh, thanks for having us on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no cool. problem. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's been one hell of a time. Appreciate it. <laughs>